0: Welcome to Paradigm Shift, the podcast about the intersection of business and law. By changing yourself, you can change your business. Now, here's your host, Christina Martini.
1: Welcome to Paradigm Shift. My name is Christina Martini, and I'm your host as we explore the intersection of business and law. In last week's episode, we began our conversation with Lou Diamond, who is a business development and leadership expert, who talked to us about his experiences in helping coach people as an executive coach in this area, as well as his experiences with respect to sales, relationship management, and business development. I'm thrilled to be able to welcome Lou back to our show to continue the conversation. So Lou, how are you?
0: I'm doing spectacular and so glad to be back again.
1: Well, thanks for joining us again. So we ended our last episode with a terrific exercise talking about how to be the most effective with potential sales targets and clients when it comes to striking up a conversation about themselves. And the point that you really drove home was with respect to empathy and making it about the other person rather than about ourselves. So what in in, in addition to that conversation, we also talked about a few other things that really pose challenges to both individuals as well as organizations in terms of developing relationships that are strong and mutually beneficial and effective. What are some of the other challenges that you have encountered during your consulting and coaching of individuals and organizations in terms of them being able to be effective with respect to business development and relationship building.
0: Without a doubt, and we, we addressed this in the last episode where I talked about uh, the connecting core and those different muscles. And to review, there's the, the safe. It's the super why, being authentic, uh, the power of empathy, I'm jumping letters here. And then the F is what I'm seeing the most common of, and it's called a fearless mindset. Uh, and I wanna be careful in the way I use these words. When I say a fearless mindset, it is not void of fears. It turns out, Christina, that the number one consistent thing that holds back all business development is fear. Now, fear, and I'm not trying to get too woo-woo-y here about, you know, <laughs> things that really scare us or, you know, that like keep us up at night. And I'm not talking about spiders or or uh, you know, lightning storms or the dark, what a lot of people might have fears. I'm talking about the fears that people face in business. And these are the fears of how we position ourselves every day, whether we're a leader, whether we're a top performer, whether we're just coming to work every day and trying to, to make a difference. So what are some of those fears that you see with people? There are tons of them. Uh, and I, I could list them out here as it relates specifically to business development. There are the common ones that come out every single time. There's the fear of failure. There's uh, the fear of disappointment or letting others down. Uh, something I call the imposter syndrome, and that is being afraid that someone might find out that you don't know everything. The fear maybe of being too old to do something, uh, too young to do something. The fear of something new, a new technology, a new, a new business line, something that's out of your expertise. Uh, There, there's a lot of other related fears that drill from that. And a lot of it has to do with fears that we've had our whole lives. And it's a perception of really how we want others to see us. And they affect us differently. Uh, They're one of the most common ones I've seen from top professionals. And I I love this because we just did a a workshop recently. And what I do in these workshops, uh, which is kind of fun, is we address each one of these fears and we write them down on a card. And I have all these different cards, and these cards are pretty big, and we put them on the floor and literally have people stand in their fears to understand what those fears are. Uh, One of my favorite ones, and this comes, as I started to say about professional service uh, folks, is the fear of being wrong. There's a huge perception, and I'll, I'll slant this, specifically the higher level of education you are, there's a perception of how important it is to be right. Right. And what we, what we need to understand is that sometimes we might be wrong. Some, it, it, nobody knows everything. It's a hard thing to understand, but people don't like being wrong. I would argue that attorneys really don't like being wrong uh, because they're actually paid to be right.
1: And we also have licenses too. Yes. So there's various gradations of being wrong, but I think a lot of lawyers live in fear of the ultimate worst case scenario, which is losing your license and not being able to practice anymore.
0: And and we can go back to law school where you're being called on in that Socratic method of how you know something and you could be deducted points for, for not knowing something correctly or that rewind before that you needed to do well on a certain standardized test or whatnot and get certain scores to get into a certain school that, you know, you needed to be right so often that you've built this wall around you about being right and let it be known that whether you're right or not is not nearly as important as recognizing as it comes out in business that and specifically as it is in business development that the rule the customer is always right is a tough one to go through if you've been told that you need to be right all the time. Right. So that adage is a very challenging one that holds people back and it limits them. So they won't take as many risks. Uh, attorneys is, are, are typically risk averse, not all of them, but many of them are. Because they know there are certain expertise and they stay in there, but we all know that we have to step outside of our comfort zone and grow our business, learn more about our clients, learn more about things we don't know to understand how, that we, can, how we factor them in. So these fears, they're real. Christina, these fears are not only real, but they can actually keep people held back. In fact, I've actually heard something once, um, and this really goes to professional services. People are afraid to develop some of the skills, business development skills going out and networking, because it could take away from billable hours that they might need to log that their firm so vastly needs to understand and do, even though that if they go out and take that time away on developing themselves, they're going to be able to bring in billable hours that are at an amplified rate, but difficult to see if everything is so focused on that concrete measurement. And you've seen this, you've worked in a law firm for a long time, you know those challenges, and other attorneys listening get that.
1: Well, and I, yeah, I, and I know you and I have talked about that before. And I thought the story you told about um, presenting to a group of lawyers was a very effective one to demonstrate that. I don't know if you want to get into that a little bit more, but that is a constant tension because law firms traditionally, um, and, you know, obviously, I understand it, a lot of businesses have metrics by which they measure profitability and their margins and You need to have your lawyers being productive in order to keep the lights on.
0: And it doesn't necessarily take away from the fact that you also need to develop them. So I've seen people that, you know, they've had to take their continuing learning um, education, the CLE credits, and a lot of them literally just have the computer on and they're not actually learning, but because they're actually trying to double it up so they can get their hours and do this learning. We need to recognize that we do need time to develop ourselves. We need to develop our business development skills, our communication skills. Uh, the way that we connect with people every day, it actually helps in the way that you would progress in the development of a firm. It would progress in how you lead the people that you now need to be responsible for as you start to promote yourself. In that workshop that you referred to that we, we talked about, I did this workshop and I could not get over how many of the attorneys kept staring at their watches as if to be ticking off the money that they weren't earning at that particular point. That is a very micro view. The reality is, is they need to be thinking about how they can be making more money and growing their own business or growing their own practice and getting new relationships that will eventually filter down and add to other people doing the work other than themselves. So to be able to think of yourself on how you need to grow yourself, fear is what's holding them back from doing that. And it happens in not just law firms. It happens in technology firms where people are very focused on the client work they need to do or consulting, making sure they're... They're doing the next thing that they're required to do. And it happens in every line of work. It is so important that you recognize what these fears are. And this is what's important. We know we all have them. And when we know when we move through a fear into a place called courage, great things happen. And as I love to say, Tina, you have to... Be ready to first make the decision that you want to be able to face that fear. That's the first challenge. A lot of people right. aren't ready for it. I've done that. Workshops, uh, development speeches where people know there's a certain point in their, in their life and say, you know, I do have to make a change. I do have to get out of this box I've built around myself. First step is you need to choose to be able to make that choice to face the fear. The second choice about dealing with whatever fear it might be is to identify and give that fear a name. I gave a couple of them to you, right. failure, age, uh, the imposter syndrome, being wrong, all of those fears, understanding what it is, because you need to be able to understand it to then to be able to take that fear and flip it on its, on its head.
1: Well, and I was going to ask you about that. How do you, how do you help people take that fear once they've identified it and whatever else may be happening and navigate through those challenges to become unstoppable?
0: So we're not going to do a fear coaching exercise on the air like I made you go through the listening one. <laughs> oh, episode.
1: that was terrible what you made me go through.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but what we will do here on, from a fear exercise is recognize what I do is exactly that. Identify the fear. Um, give it a name. You give it a name and now what you do is you understand what it does to you physically. So in the iteration of saying failure, uh, if you let's say you were trying to make partner this year in a, in a law firm and... For whatever reason, you didn't have the, the, the new business accounts or the development that you needed or whatever the requirements were. And that failure ate at you. But meanwhile, you gave a ton of your time, a ton of your effort in all of this. So the first thing you need to do is understand what it does to you when you are afraid to fail. Some people won't even try because they're so afraid to fail. You've heard this about people who are afraid of public speaking. Uh, they are afraid to get in front of the audience because, you know, they might goof or might look silly. Or maybe like an imposter syndrome. Someone asks you a question and you don't know the answer. All those different fears come up, right, when that happens. But when you've addressed a certain fear and you want to face it, you have to first understand what it does to you. And by the way, it does something to you physically. Sometimes it hurts in your gut, in your neck. Some people get migraines. You won't believe the things that fear does, but it affects every one of us differently.
1: It's debilitating. It can be completely debilitating.
0: I I had a guy that literally could not leave his office when he heard that there was going to be an exercise where he would have to get in front of a room of people and tell a story because he didn't feel comfortable speaking in front of others. You're right, debilitating to the point that it literally could not make him move. The, um, the, The ability to move is so important in everything we do, and it's to move through this fear. So first, know what it does to you. Recognize what that feeling is. I actually, in a workshop, will literally hone in and make people own that fear and live it, and like it's wearing them like a really tight straitjacket. And then we kind of take that straitjacket off and recognize what's the benefit? What does that fear do to you? What does it limit you? Understand what those things are. Where does it hurt? But there's a gift in it. There's a gift in every fear. Christina, one of my biggest fears is mediocrity the fear of being deemed as average. I like to think I'm above average. I just always did. I think you are. Well, does we try help? to be. It <laughs> does. But when, you, when, you're, when, you, when, you, when somebody says, oh, I heard that guy Lou speak, he was pretty good. It was all right. You know, stuff like that drives me. I'm like, pretty good. I thought that was awesome. I thought it was great. I want to not be just pretty good. I want to be amazing. And that mediocrity I actually use as a floor. I almost use it like a trampoline. So what I do is when someone, if I think of the word mediocrity, I figure out, what I can do to launch myself from it. Some people use the fear as a way to to elevate themselves and move through it. I don't want to be mediocre. I can't stand that word. I want to be amazing every single day. I want to make other people amazing. So where mediocrity is pretty much the average line for me, I want to use it as the floor. And that to me is the the mental trick that I do to myself. I take that mediocrity and there's a gift in it. If someone says that there's average, that means I need to work on what I do. It means I have to constantly improve on what I'm at. I use it as a driving force to grow and develop myself. If your fear of speaking in public, you know, start talking and see how it works. Start talking to one person, talk to two, and then recognize that there really isn't a difference between what you and I are doing right now, talking over microphones, as opposed to speaking in front of a huge audience. You need to take steps to move through courage. And you, the first thing is to identify it. The next is to know what it does to you. And then to flip that fear on its head to say, what's the gift in that fear? And how do I spin it around? Am I afraid to fail? Yeah, guess what? Most The best baseball players in the world fail seven out of 10 times. You know, hey, if I get three right, that's pretty damn good. That's Hall of Fame quality. Let me understand and appreciate that. That's the type of mindset you need to get yourself in. That's owning the fearless mindset of how you'd move through those things that hold you back. And when you do that in business development, Christina, it just the accounts just come in because people want to work with that fearless attorney, consultant, professional because that's the type of person you want to have on your team. That's the partner you want to take on.
1: That is terrific advice. And I've actually, you and I have had this discussion before that being able to identify fear for what it is and owning it and turning it on its head, I think is a very important thing to do because then you realize that the fear is a gift. And I think your analogy in sports really makes a lot of sense because I think some of the top performers uh, in sports or in theater, for example, are often terrified before game time or before showtime. And they're able to channel that fear into brilliance. And I think that there's a lot in what you just said. Um, you know, in, in in addition to owning the fear and working through the fear and leveraging that fear into opportunity for growth, do you have other tips that you can offer to our listeners um, with respect to being able to connect more yeah. effectively with people and to be just more effective when it comes to business development?
0: So I, I'll go to those other two muscles that we haven't covered. You know, we, we touched upon being empathetic. We've recognized the fearless mindset and the two other pieces. We'll talk about first your super why, which is what I like to say to live and breathe the purpose of why you're on this planet every day. And a lot of people don't know this just yet. We don't really know it too well. They haven't really thought about it. Why am I here? (laughs) What is my why? And I say this often, Tina, when people say, what's Lou Diamond about? It took me a long time to recognize that I work with the most amazing people and businesses and make them even more amazing. And that is what I do every single day. That's what I do with the clients that I work with. I'm striving to make them better. I'm striving to make my podcast show an amazing experience so I could connect people to the most amazing people. And in opportunities like this, where I get to get my message out to the masses, I want people to know that this is the type of way that you need to be so that everyone can be this way. That's using my master connecting skills. My super why is why I do what I do. And everyone has their own personal why. You have yours, uh, other leaders have theirs, and other professionals are always trying to figure out once you nail down what that is, or more notably, what your why is, you have the, that recognition that people look at you with that sense of purpose. I know what that person does and I know why they do it. And that is what I buy. That was what Simon Sinek said when you start with why. Uh, we do not buy what you sell, we buy why you sell it. So understanding why you do what you do is a key thing. I do lots of exercises with people to help them figure out their why, which is not easy. Sometimes we have to come up with great words or or have other people that really know us to really describe what we do, who we are, and why we are here. Getting that is one piece. And we'll we'll spin that into the most important part of the whole entire connecting core and how you want to do business development. And we all know this. It is all about being authentic, open, honest, and from the heart. You cannot connect with someone. You cannot grow your business development. You cannot improve as an individual and grow your world if you are not true to yourself and true to others. Authenticity, as I like to say, is the linchpin of the whole connecting core. You could have those other three muscles down pat, but if you're not real, if you're disingenuine, it is just the crumbling piece. In fact, it not only won't enable you to connect with people, it will actually make you repel from others. And we've all seen this. When someone lies or is untruthful or breaks a certain code is how you'd want to do business with, we want to be as far away from those people as possible. And it's really important. We sometimes feel we need to say things that might be the right thing. We have to, you know, let's say, hey, have you done business in this particular area? And let's say you haven't. And you come back and you lie about it. And well, that comes back to bite you in the butt every single time. You need to be honest about it. Hey, listen, we don't do that specific bit of work, but we've done something similar that might relate to it. Can I share with you how that actually might relate to what we're doing? That's the type of way you'd want to address when someone asks you about something that you didn't do. We're almost tempted to want to say the thing that they want to hear. That's not true. We want to say the things that we want to connect with. We want to be honest, come from inside as to who we are, because that's how you're going to connect with someone. And by the way, that's not only true in business, that's true in personal relationships as well. It's it's essential to have that form of honesty and connection and being authentic, as we all know it. That's what we love about people. And in fact, when you know someone is exactly who they are and they own up to exact that level of authenticity, we want them as part of our inner circle.
1: You know, you've made some incredible points. I think, you know, the authenticity piece, just taking the last piece that you talked about, you mentioned a lot about being authentic with other people. Do you want to make a quick comment about being true to yourself and what that really means? I think everybody knows what the words mean, but I think it's, you know, as, as with most things, it's actually practicing it. Yeah. Do you have a couple of comments based on your experience about people you've seen who may be true to others in terms of what they say, but really have a hard time and struggle with being true to themselves.
0: It's such a great point. There is a reality, and let's, let's make this clear, that having a master connecting core does not mean that you can do everything. And great leaders are the ones who actually know what they do really, really well. They know why they are here, and maybe more importantly, they don't try to take on too many things that they can't do. This is true about business development uh, components. I've sat in a room where I've been maybe the sales person, if you would, with quotes around that, to try to help people get the message out. And maybe there was a technology sale or a much more detailed level information that I didn't really know too much about, but maybe tried at times to do that, to step up into that role as opposed to saying, you know, I don't know the answer to this, but I'm going to bring the right person to you. If we don't do that, then we're not being true to ourselves and we're not really doing what we do best we have to be able to look in and know where our limits are or where maybe where we need to work on, which we could always improve upon. But at that point in time, being true to who we are, this is what I do great. This is what I really can help you with. And anything else might be outside of my world. And I want to connect you with that other person. I've seen too many leaders try to take on too much. Uh, I've seen many business development people try to say things that really weren't the truth because they felt they needed to go beyond that. And that all came back to them not being honest with themselves. Know who you are, Know, be open and honest. And that first starts with yourself and what you can and can't do. And then grow from there. Figure out what you need to work on. Write those goals down. Write those things that you would like to improve. I'd love to learn more about this particular legal practice. But until then, I'm gonna bring in the people that really know this to do this better. Not be intimidated by that relationship or feel you're going to lose it or all of that stuff. Be who you are and people will know exactly how they need to connect to you for that.
1: Great advice. So as we wind our time up together, I've got a couple more questions for you, which I think might be helpful for our audience to hear about. So based on your experience in working with individuals as well as organizations, what are some of the misconceptions that you think people have about business development that may be helpful for people to hear?
0: <laughs> my, my biggest misconception, and it's really funny, uh, I want to make this clear. Sales is not a bad word. I, I, use, the, <laughs> I use the word connecting a lot. And I, we, we've substituted, by the way, for business development, which has so many syllables compared to the one syllabic word, sales. But sales has always been associated with something negative. Now, sales is a result. It's a function. It's part of the business development process. As I actually Kind of double click and bring that view a little bit up. It's part of the connecting process. So you shouldn't, as professional services, look at sales in that what I like to call you know commission breath. Christina, commission breath is that guy that's had like two or three cigarettes, four cups of coffee, and runs right up to you and he only cares about the sale and he gets right in your face and he's like, hey, you you want that car? (laughs) Let me tell you about it. I got a deal for you, right? That, that's what we think of when we think of sales, because that's kind of where sales has been um, for a long time. People being pushy and inauthentic and not the way you want to deal with, uncomfortable and almost repulsive in a way. That word is, you know, the word sleazy is a derivative of the word sales, which is a bad component of it. But sales is a great thing. Look, we can't live without sales. We just never really had good words and vocabulary to use it to get away from it. I do love this story that I went to a sales conference once and a guy handed me a business card and it said top line enablement growth. And I looked at him and I said, that is the longest description to describe that you're a sales guy. Um, But business development, get over the fear that you are helping to grow a business. It's a good thing. Without those revenues, without those additional um, top line numbers, you don't grow. It goes away. Businesses die without it. So get over the misconception of that. Shifted in your mind to the what you need to do to get more sales, and that's connect, and that's the key part. It is not about the result and be focused on the number and the cha-ching and making sure you ring the register. It's about that relationship that's going to bring not just one sale; it's going to bring numbers and numbers of sales thereafter.
1: Awesome. Do you have any other misconceptions you want to share with the folks? I
0: have, I have a lot of them. I was looking at the clock, <laughs> was making sure I was being timely. Uh, the other thing, which, which, which we haven't done today, and uh, those who listen to me in the podcast uh, have heard me say this. I sign off every show. I say, be brief, be bright, be gone. It was a message that was given to me a long time ago that was really about making sure that you get your main point across and don't overstay your welcome a little bit. Uh, if, you, if you're a good listener, Uh, the, the rule that this applies to is something that should be the number one rule in business development. You were born with two ears and one mouth, use them proportionally, listen more than you speak. And when you do speak, say something that really connects to those that you are trying to connect with. So you don't always have to keep talking to justify a good point. Sometimes that really concise message is all you need.
1: That's great advice.
0: I haven't been following it. I've been shit chatting <laughs> in the show all, all, all show long. Oh, <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. You've given, you've given us some great insights, and it's been really terrific, and I can't believe that we're almost done here. Yeah. Um, so why don't you just tell us real briefly about what's in store for you now? You've got this terrific business. You're doing incredibly important work. I've really enjoyed our collaboration together and look forward to continuing to collaborate into the future. Do you want to share with listeners real quick what's in store for you going forward?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about, I, I'm stealing this from one of, my, uh, one of my clients. I did this at a workshop because I'm not the one who came up with it, nor is he, but it's such a good one. I'm excited about 20 Great Teen because that's when I'm actually looking at right now is what an opportunity this year is. Uh, there's the, I'm doing a lot of keynote speeches and doing some more marketing stuff, which is putting some fun video together, some evenings of learnings and helping people really connect. I am actually continuing, but the podcast show of Thrive Loud continues to just launch. (laughs) We had started off one show a week, went to two, now we're at three. We've got best of uh, episodes coming out, these little Thrive Loud bites that are spectacular marketing uh, lessons and really great sales and business development points uh, that get to the heart of really connecting, which is is so much fun. And uh, I'm actually doing something... uh, in addition to my Thrive Live podcast, we're doing something called Greenbacks, which you'll hear more about throughout the year. Uh, me and a lovely co-host, uh, Nina—excuse Mo- uh, me, Natalie Molina Nino, which is a tough name to say, but she and I are <laughs> hosting a show. And we're doing something about recognizing the business of, of green business that's out there. And uh, we have an amazing... Uh, it's a video and audio podcast, which is being recorded uh, in New York City with some unbelievable folks in the whole green industry. So I'm excited about bringing those people and helping people connect to that. And uh, there's another book in the works, which will be excellent towards, towards next year, more of a 2019. 20- whatever 2019 would be. I guess 20 great teens really good. We're going to have trouble coming up with a nickname for that. Uh, so a lot of great things coming up and more speaking opportunities and obviously working with some of the most amazing people and companies uh, constantly at Thrive. So very excited about all of that.
1: Well, and let's not forget the wonderful voiceover work you do. So for those <laughs> listeners. So those listeners out there who have noticed that my intro and outro sound a lot like you, it's because it is you.
0: Well well, first of all, I was honored to to be the voice of this incredible podcast. And it it was it was a lot of fun and it was probably one of the, the, the best things to do, I must have said the word Christina Martini a hundred times. And more notably, I must have said, no, you know, all, all the all, all the ways of doing it. There's a lot of great voiceover work that I've done from podcasting. And, uh, but to be the voice of this show is really, really cool. Cause I think, uh, as I like to connect with all the people, I think you and I have connected over the time that we've met and we totally get where each other's at. And I think your show is such a, on point type of show that's needed out there. And I'm very thankful that you do it and honored that I could uh, lead it off to, to hand the baton to you each episode.
1: Well, wow. And I really, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you joining us for these two episodes. And I'm confident that we will be chatting together in the near future on the show. And um, I would love to take this opportunity to uh, give our listeners information about uh, where they can find you.
0: Absolutely. Uh, so everywhere on social media is at Thrive Loud. Uh, that's Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, you name it. It's all there. They all, they all go to something that looks like me or looks like Thrive. And uh, you can go to ThriveLoud.com to get to the podcast and to my, my Thrive business site as well. And if you're interested in having me speak or talk at your company or your conference, you can go to LewDiamond.net. And I'll add one more for it. Master the Art of Connecting is the book that I wrote, and it's accessible on all of those links that I just gave.
1: Fantastic. And we're looking forward to your next book as well.
0: Yes. Uh, Crisscross your fingers. There'll be more more of that to come as we start talking about it. And interestingly, for those that listened to these last two episodes, we hinted upon what that will be about. Yes, we did.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Lou, thanks again so much for joining us.
0: Uh, Christina Martini, my pleasure.
1: And thank you all, our listeners, for joining us for this episode of Paradigm Shift. We hope that you've enjoyed our discussion about business development. I'm your host, Christina Martini. Please look for our weekly episodes every Tuesday.
0: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Please visit us at www.paradigmshiftshow.com. We would love to hear from you. Please look for new episodes of Paradigm Shift every Tuesday.